Peter asks, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. It's Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. We're moving on in our study of 1 Peter. We are in chapter 3, and we're going to finish out the chapter today looking at verses 13 through 22. Um, And this finishes the section uh, subtitled, Suffering for Doing Good. And so before we get into the text, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for a new week. We thank you for a fresh start. We are excited, O God, to see how your hand will be at work in our lives this week. Father, we know you're working always through every situation, and uh, there's no time when your hand is not at work. And so, God, we just give you thanks that you have a plan for this week, and you're going to use us, and you're going to be working in our lives, and you're going to be doing things. And if we are attentive, we can see uh, what you're up to. And so tune us in, O God, to your plan for our lives this week, and also your plan for this moment of study. Uh, we pray that you would quiet our hearts and uh, zoom our attention into your word so that we might receive what you have for us through your spirit. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is First Peter three thirteen through 22. Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you're blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also in the, in the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. What a great word. We picked up with a couple of verses there, 13 and 14, that we uh, added to uh, the teaching from Friday. Uh, So we're really picking up in 15 where Peter says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Uh, revering, respecting Christ as Lord really is a matter of the heart. <laughs> if our hearts are not enlightened, if, the, if, if our eyes are still blind, we will not see him rightly for who he is. To see Jesus as Lord, to revere him as Lord, means that spiritually our eyes have been opened to that truth. And we profess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead. And we see him rightly for who he is. Christ is Lord. He's Lord of all and over all. 
Peter goes on, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. In other words, have a ready witness and be winsome in the way that you share it. Don't slam people for their sin. Talk about the good things that God has done in your life. Be prepared to give that answer. Be a ready witness. Um, at every moment, be prepared to talk about the hope that you have in Christ because you never know when that moment might come. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Then he goes on to talk about it's better to do to suffer for doing good. Then he gets into talking about the suffering of Jesus, uh, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. That's the transaction that happens uh, on the cross. And Jesus takes our place. He takes our wrath. He is the sacrifice for our sin so that we might uh, come close to the Lord. Uh, He was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit and we have the same hope. And uh, Peter goes on to say after being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. He went down into the place of the dead. He proclaimed the gospel to the souls that died before the time of Noah. And um, then he talks about the people on the boat with Noah Uh, symbolizing uh, the baptism that now saves us, that these eight people were saved and set apart through water, which symbolizes baptism. Um, And um, we're saved by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our baptism is a symbol of the cleansing that comes because of the saving work of Jesus. And it is uh, the power of that saving work that saves us. Uh, It's the resurrection, the empty tomb that is the seal, the guarantee that our salvation in Christ is true and complete. Uh, And then Peter reminds us that Jesus has gone. He's returned to heaven. He is now in the throne room of heaven. He is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. He is the living Christ. If he's still in the tomb, then our faith is futile. And uh, we're believing a hoax. But Jesus is the living Christ. He is alive and well today, sitting in heaven's throne room at the right hand of God the Father. Praise be to God for the living Christ. We have hope in him because he has overcome the grave. And his saving work is enough. His saving work is enough. My friends, these are, this is a beautiful passage. I move deeply by it today. Uh, and I think about uh, the suffering we sometimes endure for the gospel. Where are you suffering for the gospel? And where could you use some encouragement? Pray that the Lord will meet you in it. And that you'll see his hand at work. Um, and... Um, Where are the places the Lord might call you to go to make a proclamation of Jesus to the souls who are unsaved? Where's your trench of ministry? Where are you being called to go? And do you have a ready witness? Is your your mouth ready to testify to the great things the Lord has done in your life with joy and with uh, uh, winsomeness that would call others to faith in Jesus and win uh, hearts to the kingdom of God? Great passage. I'm greatly encouraged and I'm reminded that our living Christ reigns and rules today. Whatever it is that troubles you today, be reminded the living Christ is in charge. He is on heaven's throne. All of the authorities and powers in the heavenlies submit to him and bow at his feet 
And so there's nothing you're facing greater than what Jesus can provide today. Be encouraged, my friends. I am too. And we'll meet back together tomorrow to continue our study. God bless.